0: Welcome back into the fantasy sanctuary for another best ball show joined by John Daigle of 4 for 4. If you're not familiar with John's work, you really should be like him and his team over at 4 for 4. They put out some incredible stuff, some of the best ball tools they've got are stuff that I reference all the time and that I use constantly. And their YouTube channels cram full of good stuff as well as John's new show, the John Daigle show. John, last time we spoke was back in January, talking about last year's best ball results. And now, I mean, there's 50 days left. How are you feeling about it? I feel like the whole year's just disappeared?
1: Yeah, you dragged me out of the two weeks off per year I have to discuss best ball in January, but I was still happy to join you. And at that time, I was still not caught up since I was still looking for uh, rookie profiles and building out everything for the draft. But now we are well into the season veterans report the training camp by next week so everything is really kicking off here we're also seeing a very distinguishable difference between underdog and draft kings drafts as as much as i love underdog especially for the top heavy payouts clearly there's not a monopoly in that sphere anymore for fantasy football so it's just good to discuss and see all the differences taking place
0: yeah definitely and we are going to jump into a draft kings draft shortly and You know, the Millie Maker contest there, it's got a long way towards filling. There's 1.2 million total entries available and we're at about 400,000. But it feels kind of crazy sitting here at this point and saying, oh, just casually, you know, 400,000 entries over there. How are you feeling about your kind of like best ball portfolio at this point? Like, you know, a lot of people like to take a break in the early parts of July and try and figure out what they need more of. Or have you just been drafting nonstop?
1: Still been drafting nonstop. I like to have a majority of my drafts done before training camps hit. I like to take shots on those ambiguous situations. I feel like that's the best way to get closing ADP. Um, As we know, last year, just yesterday actually, July 18th, 2022, was when Pat Corain drafted his $2 winning Best Ball Mania lineup. And so I certainly think taking advantage or actually taking shots in the unknown before these roles shake out, in my opinion, is smarter for top-heavy payouts, um, since that's how we're getting real value here. Once everyone sees how the situation shake out, there's no longer value.
0: Yeah, definitely. Am I correctly remembering, like last year, you were quite in on like double anchor, double RB starts for drafts? I is was. That, yes, yeah, and it's,
1: it's how drafts shook out because the three most undervalued players last year were Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, and Dalvin Cook. Two of those, Barkley and Eckler, who were actually on Corrine's two-million winning team. Um, having said that, it, it's, always, it's a fun lineup, even understanding that it was just one lineup who won. And yes, we had... The biggest game that everyone was stacking canceled, of course, because of the unfortunate DeMar Hamlin incident um, between the Bengals and Bills. But Crane's lineup is still fun to always look back on because although he got lucky, which you have to do, like even the World Series of Poker, for instance, just took place. No one is no longer winning. Literally no one because they're skilled. Uh, you have to be skilled and get lucky in these top heavy things. But Corrine's structure was correct. Crane had an elite tight end. And although George Kittle didn't matter for fantasy whatsoever, he got lucky in that Debo Samuel was injured. And then George Kittle led the league in touchdowns over the last five weeks of the season. His target share jumped 7% 7% to 24.5% from Brock Purdy without Debo Samuel. So yes, he got lucky, but he also put himself in place to get lucky and understanding the structures, not to mention low roster week 17 tournament pieces in the Patriots matchup and Tyquan Thornton and Tom Brady in particular. So So he had it all right, but also he got lucky. So I love seeing yeah. those kind of formats take place and just the sharp people get it right. So that kind of that
0: structure was the second most common running back build in the DraftKings final last year. It was like fifteen percent of the final rosters in the final. That hero RB was at about seventeen percent. So clearly, those kind of you know the double RB build definitely worked a lot. Is that something you've still been leaning into this year? Because we're seeing all the wide receivers get pushed up. We're seeing the running backs drop a little earlier. Or are you just finding your able to get running backs in rounds, which you weren't this time last year. So you feel like you're still covered from those running backs early.
1: And it's so funny because at a full PPR site like DraftKings, you would think wide receivers would be more of the priority, but what's happened is that on underdog, which is a different game. Um, as I've been telling everyone, Underdog isn't best ball anymore. Like, we're just playing a different game, and that's okay because I love games. Uh, that's why I still play DFS and what is, like, literally the, the toughest DFS has ever been across every sport in our lifetimes. I still love playing it because I love figuring out games as an adult. Whenever I'm a uh, retired... Maybe divorced, suburban dad later on in life. I just want to invite my friends over the Burbs and play board games like once a month on Friday nights. I love games. But underdog best ball is different from DraftKings in that underdog, 19 wide receivers are going in the first 36 picks and the first three rounds. That's not nearly as much as DraftKings, which again, DK is full PPR. So that doesn't make sense either. Same thing for quarterbacks. Whereas underdog, the top three, the big three quarterbacks, Mahomes, Allen, and Hertz are going in the top 20 picks. On DraftKings, that's the same thing, but it makes more sense on DraftKings given that we get rushing and passing bonuses for these quarterbacks. So I don't mind chasing them there. Maybe it is a sign of the times. Like I know Hayden Winks has been arguing that maybe it's just like the way it is now. These three players in particular who add value with both their legs. And in the case of Patrick Mahomes, who doesn't run the ball, is genuinely the best football player to ever grace us on the planet Earth. Uh, maybe that's just the way it is now, and we need to be ahead and pay that tax. But at the same time, there are reasons to believe the big three regress if you want to take that route. And again, large tournaments where we are betting on first place and nothing else matters, in, in my opinion anyways. I'm betting on $3 million, Otherwise, that team might as well just get last place. It doesn't matter. So yeah, it's just fun to talk about it from both sides.
0: Yeah, I mean you could mention Patrick Mahomes there like he was being drafted after Justin Herbert last year, so like yeah. it always feels like there's a little bit of value in that second tier of quarterbacks and particularly on DraftKings where you do have those 300-yard passing bonuses. I mean, last year, Patrick Mahomes had 10 games of 300-plus yards, and the next nearest was six from Josh Allen. I mean, Jared Goff had five. Is that something which you think is projectable and something we can chase with some of these pocket passes, or do you just have to kind of see it as part of the bigger picture when you are drafting those players?
1: Not for the pocket passers. We've known for a long time, and when Rich Rebar wrote the article – I guess it's over a decade now, about the Konami code, we've known that we are still targeting rushing attempts and rushing yards per game. TJ Hernandez also does this column annually, and he just put it out last night, actually, on 44.com for anyone who's trying to get in there um, for the early bird $25 off discount. Um, And he does the stats that are most sticky year to year. And the quarterbacks one even highlighted that, rushing attempts per game and rushing yards are basically nearly one-to-one. It's like those things carry over, just like from college to the NFL, they carry over year-to-year for quarterbacks. And so if we are looking for someone to break into the top three, it does seem like it's most obviously going to be Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields. Having said that, uh, Justin Herbert's one of my most rostered quarterbacks on DraftKings. I, I think we can, although we saw him fail last year, He wasn't a winning quarterback. He didn't provide ceiling because of the passing game. I do think there are more reasons to believe in his outlook this year between Kellen Moore, Quentin Johnston, list goes on and on. We'll talk about that more as we get into drafts. But really, I've been betting on those three guys. We can count Joe Burrow in there. I've been betting on that tier instead, not trying to get too cute and say, like, the Tua's, Daniel Jones. I love Geno Smith. Geno Smith's my QB 10 overall, and that's way above consensus. But... You still have to run the ball to get there, and Geno Smith doesn't provide that. So I I try to get more cute and say take a stand on the second tier of quarterbacks rather than overvaluing the first tier or trying to stack the third tier on.
0: Love that. Okay, so let's jump into a draft because DraftKings does take a moment to fill, and it does take two minutes once we're in. The $10
1: is easier to fill. Uh, I've tried filling (laughs) that $9 single entry or $4 single entry on on a live stream and you just have to back out. Like that's that's the issue with DK is that some tournaments are not filling quickly enough. Even the big 555 that a lot of people love playing, it takes Liam Murphy and Justin Herzig like sending the bat signal out and like dragging people to the lobby just to get that thing started in an hour. So that's the one issue.
0: Yeah. Okay, so if you're in the chat and ready to go, let's go now. Um, yeah, it's frustrating, particularly with the smaller contests as well and the single entries. They're just not filling up particularly quick either, and it makes it, you know, the $4 single entry, there's no point entering that until it's closer to being full. And, you know, all the sharp people are tend to stay away from it. And I think DraftKings has definitely gotten better with what they're providing, but it's still not perfect by any means. So we are going to be picking from the fifth pick. It's so a quick glance who we've got in here. A couple of familiar names. If you're in the chat and you managed to jump in with us, do let us know. I will... Just made that screen slightly smaller. John, have you been drafting a lot of these $10 millimakers?
1: Not so much the $10 millimakers, but I've been drafting more of the niche DraftKings drafts. Um, the $9.3 max, because as our friends, Eric Bynfall and Rob Coakley at Spike, we get pointed out, the DraftKings payouts are genuinely like the best, the low stakes payouts are like the flattest, evenly structured. And that includes the rake. And so, I, I say everyone should go play the nine dollar three max, the four dollar single entry, the fifteen single entry. I've been getting into some King of the Desert qualifiers as well, which are actually really softer than you would think for a qualifier to go go on to play for like five hundred k at the top. So um, I've been playing a lot more of those types of drafts more than the Millie Maker.
0: So we got Jordan at pick two here. Uh, yeah, I have. The $9 ones I really like. I mean, even the DraftKings, the $10 Millimaker, with the $150 back if you max enter this and then the kind of office that DK are having to flood out to try and get people to start entering it. I've got a feeling that we're going to end up... You could max enter this tournament. It's probably not going to cost you more than $1,300 all in all. Um, so they're definitely seem to be trying with it i think the king of the desert stuff's interesting but it'd be nice to see some more lower stakes stuff to try and bring more new customers into it Mm. when i speak to people who haven't played a lot that's the thing thereafter they don't they don't want to win a place at a live dfs final i think that's a bit daunting in many ways but yeah for for sickos like me and you i'm all over that so if we're picking at five In a normal DraftKings draft where things don't go a bit crazy, you'd expect Justin Jefferson, Chase, McCaffrey, and then one of cup Kelsey Tyreek probably to fall to us. Is there a particular guy who you like the best out of those, John?
1: I feel like I've said the stat so many times on so many shows, so we're in mid-July and it's already getting run over, but... Uh, Cooper cup is my wide receiver two overall ahead of, ahead of Jamar chase and Tyree kill. Um, all have the argument. First off, all of the arguments to be the wide receiver one overall, every single one of them had like actual flaws in their game. Even Justin Jefferson, like you don't think Justin Jefferson has any more of a ceiling. There's no more meat on that bone, but he caught two of 14 end zone targets. It was like the lowest touchdown rate of any wide receiver with 150 targets. So of course, he could actually get even better, especially because the Vikings are, I don't know if anyone's noticing, but they're quietly in a rebuild mode. Like uh,
0: It's a very soft rebuild, isn't it? Is it is a
1: soft rebuild, but they lost key defenders. They cut at both Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook purposely. Yeah, I'd go Cooper Cup here. For sure. I mean,
0: Cooper Cup's my wide receiver too as Good. well. And yeah, Tyreek Hill did come up the one I haven't seen that in a draft. I've seen some different so, picks, but and, maybe and they're so, looking for the Lamar-Andrew stack on the two-three turn.
1: I'm supposed to be selling people on Cooper Cup, but I'll, I'll sell you on Tyreek Hill as well real quick because it sure, it makes sense. They're all in the same tier. I have them in the same tier. I know some people only have Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. I would love to bet with those people in real life because I think they're wrong. Um, Tyreek Hill... Already led the league in yards per route run at with 2.9, but it was actually 3.1 with Tua on the field. He was even better with Tua on the field. Not only that, Jalen Waddle is a wide receiver too. It's not one a one b at all. Tyreek Hill had a 32% target share from Tua. Jalen Waddle had a 22% when he was on the field with Tyreek and Tua. It's not even close how much better Tyreek is in usage from Jalen Waddle. So you have to get. Tyreek there just in case two was on the field for the entire season. But for Cooper Cup, like the argument is, for instance, I went on Columbus Radio, uh, humble brag, I guess, with <laughs> with Bobby Carpenter, which the boomers only the boomers remember Bobby Carpenter and how how much, you know, how underwhelmed he was at in Dallas. But the argument was, oh, like you think Cooper Cup can outscore Jamar Chase? When the argument should be, you think Jamar Chase can score, outscore Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup already outscored Jamar Chase. Like in nine games, Cooper Cup was the wide receiver one in points per game. The only receiver, Justin Jefferson included, who averaged over 20 half PPR points per game. Not only that, but those numbers increased. Like from Matthew Stafford, eight full games of Cooper Cup. Cup led the entire league, not just wide receivers. Travis Kelsey included the entire league with a 33% target share. Like, he was who we thought he was in that eight-game span, half a season for Matthew Stafford. We also knew the regression was coming for Stafford last year. He was egregiously drafted as the QB 12 in ADP, even though he was fresh off a career-highing touchdown rate, his third-most fantasy points per game, and – five touchdowns on seven throws from the one yard line. It was just never going to happen again. So we were never drafting the passing game beyond Cooper cup to that point. And so the fact that Stafford got injured, the passing game regressed again, we expected that to happen. So we should not be discounting Cooper cup again. He should be considered in the top tier. And that's where I have him.
0: Yeah, I'm completely on board. I mean, we just saw what a tire fire the Rams were and it didn't affect him whatsoever. He was the wide receiver two in points per game. And then, Even when things were going wrong, it didn't matter, and now the Rams are brought in next to nobody. We are one pick away. Saquon Barkley gives us that Week 17 correlation. He has been falling slightly over the last couple of days. Is Barkley in play for you here, John, or do you feel like you're slightly worried by the contract situation?
1: I don't think we need Barkley. Uh, I I would be fine if you want to try to get unique with Patrick Mahomes or... Hmm. Or should we, this is a good question.
0: We're back on, we're on the
1: clock. So I like the top four options. So if you, you know, if you want a running back, I'd actually go Pollard if we don't think he's going to fall.
0: Let's go, let's go Pollard. Like I have my spike week set up so I can see all the correlations for if I have my wide receiver one and I've got no Pollard with Cooper cup teams yet. And that feels like a little oversight. Um, We do have a quick question in the chat from bones Malone here. Do you have no fear of any ban coming for Tyreek? It did. It sounded like a bit of a mountain out of a molehill, really. You know, it was a bit of a push and a shove. It feels like the kind of thing maybe you get a verbal warning for or some kind of maybe a little fine or something, but it didn't feel too bad to me. John, do you have any kind of feeling on that?
1: No, it seems like it was settled rather quickly, too. Um, so I don't think we're going to get a suspension like Alvin Kamara. And we've seen, I mean, how many times have we done that? We've done this with Tyreek Hill already, too, where uh, ADPs dip for suspensions. But in best ball, it's just a totally different argument that we're saying here. Like, actually, we should be taking advantage of those ADP dips. So I'm not worried about Tyreek Hill's suspension. I don't think anything's actually going to come of anything.
0: Yeah, and so Barkley has dropped all the way through into the third round. I hadn't seen him drop quite that far yet. I think if I had Justin Jefferson, that would be the sort of pairing where I'd be looking to take him because it just isn't one which has been available so far this year. Um, The Tyree Kill drafter, I think if you're drafting a lot of teams, I probably wouldn't have, but they seem to have some interesting plans with Tyree Kill, Debo Samuel and DK Metcalf through three picks. But... It gets, it gets tricky on the turn. Sometimes you do feel like you need to mix things up a bit or sometimes mm-hmm. on DraftKings, we just get a little bit wild and we are two picks away. Mahomes did go after us to the Christian McCaffrey drafter, which is quite an interesting one. Kelsey was paired with Garrett Wilson. Uh, we do have our team, Jordan, who is picking at the uh, pick two. He's got Jefferson, Devonta Smith, Chris Olave, which feels very nice. Saquon's full stops with Chase and Higgins as a stack. That's quite a nice start, that. We're one pick away. Josh Allen, Josh Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson, Mark Andrews, Keenan Allen, all kind of towards the top, and then Brees Hall and Lamar Jackson. Anything screaming out to you, John? I'm assuming Lamar
1: Jackson wouldn't come back. Uh, okay, I didn't want to say it out loud, just in case he was here, but I think we take the dip on Josh Allen.
0: Yep. I'm good with that.
1: I would imagine it's somewhat unique to go cup, pass on Barkley and go Pollard and then get Josh Allen. Plus like we can take dips on Dawson Knox. Yeah. We have Gabe Davis, uh, 20 rounds. So Khalil Shakur's around there. We can get, we can get unique with Josh Allen.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, in terms of Josh Jacobs, we've kind of seen him dip as well a little bit. He has been a third round fixture pretty much the whole time. Do you feel like there's a real danger he is going to hold out or is he one of those players where you just feel like, you know, we've seen this a lot of times. It's very rare that running backs or any player really actually holds out into the season.
1: I'm fairly adamant that Saquon Barkley is the one who is there by week one. It seems like he's turning this contract situation, which is really just the NFLPA. No, it's, it's actually American <laughs> capitalism is what it is. But like, we don't have, we don't have time to get into that subject. <laughs> but Saquon Barkley is the one who's turning the spite into resilience. And he's saying that he's going to be there. Like he's actually just going to out, out. He's going to uh, disprove everyone who does not believe he wants the contract. So he's doing that thing where he's turning the quote unquote doubters into motivation. I think he's there for week one by everything he said. Josh Jacobs is the one who's falling on the sword for the entire position as a whole. He's the one who really seems like he's willing to sit an extended amount of time well into the year. And not only that, but I was fading Josh Jacobs anyways. Like, to to reach the amount of touches, he led the league with 396 touches. And the last decade, only four other running backs have recorded 390 plus touches. So first of all, we're not getting that amount again. Second of all, those four other running backs, the maximum they reached the following year was 237. So I was already just playing the historical outlier card and saying Jacob was going to be roughly at 300 touches, if that. I already I always I already wanted to fade him anyhow. But now that we get everything he's saying around his contract, and I just genuinely don't think it matters. So I, I will gladly let Jacobs keep falling. And there will come a point where I'll take him, but I don't think it's the top or mid of the third round.
0: Yeah, so we're two picks away. And I'll come back to Jacobs in just a second, but we do have an auto drafter in front of us, which might cause a few headaches. But we've got Joe Burrow, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, DeAndre Hopkins, T.J. Hawkinson, Mike Williams, Christian Watson, that kind of Kenneth Walker and uh, D.J. Moore. It's an area of a draft where nothing really takes my fancy too much. I've been drafting quite a bit of Mike Williams, uh, John. Anyone you want to bang the table for?
1: Hmm. I'm trying to think of stacks we should be setting up right now.
0: Yeah, there's not a whole lot. Um, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, there's nothing correlation-wise. I don't, I don't
1: mind Christian Watson, which is funny because I also understand he's the most volatile player in all of fantasy football. Like if someone just leaves if someone actually just loses you weeks, it's probably Christian Watson. But in best ball tournaments, uh, he's he's clearly shown he's someone who also wins your weeks for you whenever he scores touchdowns. So I don't mind Christian Watson.
0: Yeah, it feels like the difference in price between him and Robio Dubs and Jaden Reed is possibly a little bigger than it really should be by the time that all said and done. But, yeah, we saw those three weeks where he kind of was the wide receiver two or so in points per game and really just put up huge numbers and, Obviously, yeah, took teams towards the playoffs and stuff. With Josh Jacobs, do you think there's any kind of chance that Jimmy G could actually be better for him than Derek Carr was because Jimmy G is such a check down maestro? Do you worry that if Josh Jacobs does come back that he might just end up being this sort of like PPR god?
1: That's a good counterpoint. I think I still worry about the offensive line. I still worry about the offense. And I do wonder... Even if he plays on a franchise tag, I just wonder how much they'll use him. I, I don't think that I don't think anyone's done a study, first of all. But I don't think the narrative of being on the final year of your deal and thus everyone the coach is running into the ground, I don't think that's historically correct. I think it's the opposite way where teams go the other way and try to develop and integrate different players. Uh, so no, I, I don't think I take that into account.
0: Yeah, I think it's <laughs> I think it's a very easy one to feel like it's going to be a big storyline, but then when it gets to it, it feels more likely that, you know, when the Raiders are out of playoff contention, he'll just be kind of looking with one eye and just shutting down slightly. Uh, With two picks away, we've got Josh Allen, Cooper Cup, Tony Pollard, Christian Watson, so far. So quite a a balanced build. We're not too far behind on wide receivers or anything. Uh, Ken Walker's at the top with Aaron Jones, which – uh give us another Green Bay player, Justin Herbert, DJ Moore, Alexander Madison, Drake London. Whomever
1: you have uh top wide receivers, I don't is this how you rank them or is this just in terms this of this is this is
0: just ADP. Okay. Uh, I'd lean towards Drake London over DJ Moore, but if you're a DJ Moore fan, I'm happy to go with that.
1: Nope, I'll go London. Not cool. a DJ Moore fan. I, I I truly believe DJ Moore, uh although I fully expect him to lead the team in target share. I really think his ADP is bolstered solely because of Justin Fields' ADP because people like stacking them. Um, yeah. I have I have all these guys in the same tier, but DJ Moore, I, I don't have really any amount of confidence in.
0: Yeah. So we saw TJ Hawkinson go at the back end of the fourth round there to uh, Jordan, who's in the draft with us. Um, just after George Kittle, Normally it's Kittle who goes after TJ Hawkinson. You you mentioned before the show that you're kind of out on TJ Hawkinson this year. Is is it just a case of you feel like the regression is going to hit him because he saw so many targets last year. at such a high rate. Do you feel like it's unsustainable?
1: I think he's being touted as a ceiling player. Like everyone assumes he's going to be the guy. He's one of the few guys that can take down Travis Kelsey, but like, that wasn't even the case when he joined Minnesota without Jordan Addison. Uh, like, yes, his his targets per game improved. He was sixth among all tight ends, 6.1 in targets per game with Detroit, and it jumped to 8.6, second among all tight ends in Minnesota. But remember, like, he still wasn't a ceiling option. Uh, he had five top 12 finishes over his last 10 games, but he only went over 80 yards twice both against the Giants, who were top nine and catches allowed to opposing tight ends. Um, He actually averaged fewer fantasy points per game, 9.9, with the Vikings, than he did with the Lions, 10.3, because of the way Minnesota used him. Because what they did was increase Justin Jefferson's depth of target. Justin Jefferson, in the second half of the season, he jumped from eight-yard depth of target to over 11, because instead of running intermediate routes, they dragged T.J. Hawkinson to the – closer to the line of scrimmage and said, you're the guy who's just going to get floor targets, which is why he didn't have a ceiling. And we're going to send Justin Jefferson deep instead. And that's why 60% of his targets with Minnesota came within nine yards of the line of scrimmage. His yards per target with Minnesota Hawkinson's dropped three, full yards like from nine to six, because he was just a shallow high floor option, but especially where his cat draft capital is clearly in this one. Um, Like, we're not looking for high floor options. We want tight ends to win our week. And in my opinion, T.J. Hawkinson doesn't win your week. He just helps you not lose it. I don't want that. I want you to burn Travis Kelsey to the ground. And Hawkinson's not the guy who does that. So now you factor in that Jordan Addison, a competent Blitnikoff winner for the best receiver of the nation at one point, is in this offense. I genuinely think we should be taking volume away from T.J. Hawkinson, not trying to project him. For what he averaged over the last eight games of Minnesota.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that makes sense. I think it's you know I just threw a two- lot of
1: numbers at you. I'm sorry. No, no, that's <laughs>
0: that's all. Okay. My job
1: is to communicate, and I felt like I com- communicated poorly <laughs> there.
0: No, it was uh, it was great because I think it's all valid because what T.J. Hawkinson did was yeah he didn't. It was more a case of. Mark Andrews wasn't going off, you know, Kyle Pitts was injured and, you know, lots of other plays. It was really only George Kittle and Travis Kelsey were doing anything. We are back on the clock and Cam Akers has fallen 10 picks. We got to go
1: Cam Akers. We have to.
0: I'm fine with that. I don't draft a lot of Cam Akers because as somebody who drafted Cam Akers and DeAndre Swift last year and a lot of Trey Lance this year, I have a mantra that I'm trying to draft players whose coaching staff like them. But with the Cooper Cup pick already, I'm ready to spin the dice on it and see how it works out. Uh, Are you saying
1: that – are you saying the coach that gave Cam Akers 19 touches per game from week 13 on that his coach doesn't like him?
0: I mean, it, it seemed like it was one of those situations where nobody was happy about it after Cam Akers tried to go and get a, tr- a trade. The Rams gave a blessing to him. Neither of them could find somebody who wanted to trade for him. And it just seemed like one of those where it was like, okay, well, let's just saddle up and get on with it. And I just, I feel like there's a situation where we could very easily see. Zach Evans, who I'm not naive to the fact that there's problems with his rookie profile, or yeah. Kyron Williams, who they talked up last year before he got injured on the opening kickoff play. And just, you know, they were wanting to give him a role. And yeah, I think, but when we're talking at the back end of the sixth round, when you're looking at DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Alexander Madison, there's flaws with all these running backs and Isaiah Pacheco who goes slightly later. So I'm okay with it. Um, We have now got our quarterback and josh allen we have two running backs in pollard and cam Akers, and then three wide receivers in cup watson and drake london two picks away from us uh gabe davis would probably be the most obvious pick here which would give us that josh allen stack um, i think we have to of we...
1: Course... oh yeah of course we get sniped yeah <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> stream of life. Uh, so we do have Damian Pierce, Michael Pittman, Darren Waller, James Conner, Jordan Addison, which would be a nice hedge against TJ Hawkinson. Or we could go down to George Pickens, Jahan Dotson.
1: I'm fine uh, tacking on our tight end here, Darren Waller.
0: Yeah, I, I like I don't that. know how you
1: feel about Darren Waller.
0: So Darren Waller was somebody who I didn't get a lot of for a decent portion of this off season and when I've drafted, and I'm at 75 of 150 on this um, contest. And when I kind of down tools about a week ago and started wrapping up some slows and looking at what I had, I was like, well, Darren Waller, I don't think he can jump to be in a top two tight end anymore, but I think he could drop, he could jump Dallas Goddard very easily. I think, you know, so much of Dallas Goddard's work comes on screen games. Kyle Pitts could be a victim to Arthur Smith again. George Kittle, I think, is ripe for touchdown regression, and we saw that when all the players were healthy, he was the least preferred target of them all. And TJ Hawkinson, for all the reasons you mentioned. So getting Darren Waller as well, sort of like tight end four, five, six, seven, eight, I think he can jump up to tight end three simply because Daniel Jones needs a player who can win on the boundary and win downfield, and all he has at the minute is just an abundance of slot receivers.
1: To to me, Darren Waller's floor is TJ Hawkinson. Like if we are arguing about, or if I'm if I'm in the minority discussing that like TJ Hawkinson's depth of target does not allow him to be a ceiling player, to me that's Darren Waller's floor. That's great because last year we know he was just misused. Like he led all tight ends with a 14 and a half yard depth of target. And that's why he could only register a nineteen percent target share when the three years prior to that. Under John Gruden, at least, he had a 25% target share. Uh, so I don't know why Josh McDaniels only decided to send him deep, and that's it. And we're expecting the Giants to drag him closer to the line of scrimmage and be that necessary safety valve and intermediate target. Uh, what we really want fancy though, like a Travis Kelsey, like a Mark Andrews, is a combination of both. So if Derry Waller can get both, that's amazing. That's the guy that's actually going to outscore Kyle Pitts, T.G. Hawkinson, go on and on. Um, and I understand he's missed 15 games the last two years, so we have to we have to factor that in. But his floor alone makes him, in my opinion, a great option for the onesie position in that range, as opposed to T.J. Hawkinson. Yes,
0: yeah, so we are one pick back away now. Uh, James Cook, Evan Ingram, uh, Dak Prescott, who probably is no interest to us. Cortland Sutton, Michael Thomas, Elijah Moore, and then down to the Ravens cluster of receivers. Look at Swaggy wide receivers. D-Wan
1: uh just the wide receivers. Oh, we're already here, huh?
0: Yep, it's that's, that's it it comes up on us fast.
1: Okay, look at running backs. Uh you can start starring players. Let's should we go Elijah Moore? Oh, we can go James Cook. Uh we have um we have... Uh,
0: James Cook when already, didn't oh, he? Oh, okay, sorry. Oh shit, no, my bad. Sorry. He's still there. Oh. Uh, sorry, I, You're was... good, you're good,
1: you're good. Um <laughs> I'm not high on James Cook, but I forgot we had Josh Allen. So that was just to give us more stacking options.
0: Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. Uh, James Cook is somebody I was doing a draft with. Colm Kelly, wrote of visit the weekend, and he's very high on him, and he's try. he was very much talking me into his explosivity. So I think he's somebody I'll probably try and sprinkle a little more than the 0% James Cook that I've got at the minute. But part of that is because I'm not drafting a lot of Josh Allen because he goes so highly, um, and we do have a few picks. Um, Ramondre Stevenson slipped to the 308 which is a little lower than he's been going. He's kind of being a lot closer to the turn. Do you think that's the Lenny-Funet sort of thing? And do you think that's a fair price on him?
1: It's definitely a Lenny thing. I think that's a fair price. I, I still would make sure he's tacked along as like the RB9 through 12 with, well, in my opinion, Joe Mixon and Brees Hall. Um, but I wouldn't let Ramondre slip any further than that.
0: Yeah, I was chatting with some friends earlier about if if Lenny signs, um, we see a substantial Ramondre dip. If you can get fourth round Ramondre, I'll definitely have more than I do at the moment. And if fifth round Ramondre happens, I'd uh, that's a player I'd be willing to stake oh, quite a large round, chunk.
1: on. Fifth round Ramondre shouldn't happen. That'd be wild. But you know, may- maybe people overreact.
0: Yeah, so one pick away. Um, the team in front of us does have three running backs. If they don't take James Cook, then we might get James Cook to come back to us. Otherwise, there's the Baltimore kind of receivers of Zay Flowers. Oh, just Zay Flowers left over. David Njoku, Smash P. Ryan. Cortland Sutton does go. Should we take James Cook here if Absolutely. we kind of got away with one?
1: Absolutely. Uh, there. I, I don't even think, honestly, like, I don't, I don't think the – the explosive rate for James Cook matters. Uh, like that, that's a guy that even the team was out on last year. Whenever they tr- healthy scratched Zach Moss and traded him to the Colts, from that point forward, James Cook played 13 games with Devin Singletary, and Devin Singletary out touched him in 10 of those 13 games. Like even, even the coaches, and, and James Cook didn't have a single carry inside the five yard line last year. Even the coaches are saying, We don't care about you. Uh, so I think it's actually the role falls to Damian Harris or Latavius Murray. I'm still a very, very big Damian Harris component. I think he could lead the league in rushing touchdowns genuinely. Um, and so I've been drafting a lot of him in the 10th to 12th round, especially like on an underdog, a half PPR site. But uh, in this case with Josh Allen, like, how would James Cook reach value? Of course, through the passing game. So it makes a lot of sense here.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's, A very good point. So we are through nine rounds, almost halfway. Cooper Cup, Tony Pollard, Josh Allen, Christian Watson, Drake London, Cam Akers, Darren Waller, Elijah Moore, James Cook. So we've kind of seen the real glamorous rookie wide receivers go off the board. Zay Flowers in the ninth, Jordan Addison in the seventh, and Jackson Smith and Jigbury in the sixth. have you been approaching the rookie wide receivers, John? Uh, Are they players that you've been getting heavy exposure to or kind of staying away from a bit?
1: Um, let's see. So the way drafts work, cause I don't, I don't think I really have hard stances on many of them. Uh, the way drafts work is that if you're at the top around Justin Jefferson, usually it naturally allows you to fall into Christian Watson, Jordan Addison, Kirk cousin stacks. So I've kind of been pitting all of my Justin Jefferson with, um, with Jordan Addison. So he naturally falls there. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I I still firmly believe Tyler Lockett should be ranked and drafted over him, but JSN is also one of the more undervalued players on DraftKings in particular, so it's easier to get him there, whereas underdog, everyone has rookie fever, so you really you really can't get anyone there unless you're overdrafting them. And then um, Quentin Johnson also falls into your lap on DraftKings with Justin Herbert, so I'll get him there quite a bit. So much more so than underdog. Very much easier. And Zay Flowers, I still believe in because I don't want to consider Rashad Bateman and Odo Beckham like a move. Right, right. Like, it's been two years since Odo Beckham has been a competent, since played football, let alone been a competent player. I don't want to bet on him on a one-year deal uh, leading the team in wide receiver targets. So I, I really just take my shots on Zay Flowers. As a stacking option with Lamar Jackson.
0: So we're back on the clock. Uh, it's kind of at quarterback area. Geno Smith, Pat Frymouth, Jarrett McKinnon, Jared Goff, Tyler Boyd, Jamal Williams, Devin A. Chain, Dalton Schultz, down to kind of like Romeo Dubs and Rashad. Uh, go back Penny. up. Hmm. Boy.
1: Start starring players. These are Let's
0: all good. Uh,
1: Let's go Jamal, Jamal Williams. Williams. Did I?
0: No, we all drafted Dawson Knox. That's my bad. The queue is That's in.
1: okay. <laughs> as I always say on drafts, cause it's hard, it's hard to stream and talk. Uh, <laughs> big picture takeaway. Do as I say, not as I do.
0: Well, if Dolan Kincaid has a terrible year and doesn't really make the field, that's okay. We'll have uh, scooped some value back there. He'll Things make the field, change.
1: but Dawson Knox is a slot receiver, right? It's Like Dawson Knox ran 55% of his career routes in college from the slot. They could have just drafted a slot receiver. I don't know why they didn't. Uh, They drafted Dalton Kate instead. But Dawson Knox will 100% be on the field. We're also just one year removed from Knox. Let me look this up. Uh, One year removed from Knox finishing as... Oh, yeah. His last two years. He's been the tight end nine and tight end 12 in points per game. He's also second in end zone targets behind Mark Andrews among all tight ends. So, like, Dawson Knox is a player everyone... Not at this ADP, but everyone should be taking advantage of because the dip makes no sense since he's still the starting tight end and he's going to be on the field.
0: Yep. yeah, One other part of that that's a little bit of a nightmare for us is we do now have two tight ends with week 13 buys, so we might be looking to add a third to that. Lean into it. Let's get ahead of the curve on this one. So in terms of players here, we do have Geno, Pat Move, Jared Goff, Tyler Boyd, Dalton Schultz, Russ Wilson, Rashard Penny, Romeo Dubs, Sky Moore, Damian Harris, which feels a bit too high. Oh, awful options. Uh, yeah. Okay. Start, start, Myers.
1: You can start starring your top players, running backs and wide receivers. We need more wide receivers for sure.
0: I think, yeah, so I'll move Rashad Penny up to the top. In terms of, are you in on Tyler Boyd, Romeo Dubs, either of those?
1: Sky More? I guess it would be Sky Moore. Unfortunately,
0: I think Sky More makes sense because it feels very much like Sky More could see his value jump very soon. Um, I'll take him because we are through. 11 rounds, and that was only our fifth wide receiver there. Generally, on DraftKings, I try to leave round nine, ideally with five, but you know, it doesn't always work. But, like, you know, you used to work for Rotor World, you've seen the power of blurbs, and it seems like Sky Moore's already just creeping up because there's been reports that he seems the most likely player to take over that slot role this year. Do you think he's gonna carry on on that sort of rocket ship? I don't
1: know if it's a rocket ship, but the fact he's been at in on three wide receiver sets at OTAs certainly makes me much more confident in drafting him, um, and basically arbitraging Kadarius Tony since everyone would rather take a top sixty stance on Kadarius Tony for no reason. So I would just rather take my shots at later rounds.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Even though,
1: like, if Richie James led the team in slot targets, who Richie James is actually good, then that wouldn't be shocking either.
0: Yeah. If you are finding us here for the first time tonight, if you want to give us a little bit of just a smile on our face after that Dawson Knox auto draft in round 10, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. We've got loads of redraft content coming out over the next few weeks. Rich is just starting a new dynasty series about how to rebuild and the right time to do stuff like that. Best Ball show. We're going to double it up through August. We've got Justin Herzig coming on in a couple of weeks' time. We've got loads more guests booked in through the whole of August, and we're doing drafts on both Underdog and on DraftKings. So hit that subscribe button. John, you just launched uh, the John Daigle show over on Four for Four. How's that going?
1: Oh, well, uh, I think they allowed me to have it just because they know how bored I'll get if I'm only <laughs> talking about football seven days a week. Like I already do six videos a week about football. And it's July. Uh, let me talk about <laughs> life. Let me talk about other things I think are more important to people. So the football shows are still absolutely up there. But on the John Daigle show, like I usually start by showing a cocktail mixture um, that you can take to your friend's home. You can show them you have this fancy recipe, even though it's really easy. Tomorrow morning, by the way, 10 a.m. Eastern, I'm showing you my my favorite, especially when it's hot out, spicy watermelon margarita. I can't wait because it's like literally one of my favorite drinks. So I do that. Uh, I sometimes take it to the kitchen, make food recipes for everyone. We talk, I interview other things. Like when Rob Coakley was top 150 in the world series of poker, I interviewed him about it. So it's just like a different thing. Uh, there is football and there will be more football starting next week when training camps begin, but it's just a different outlet.
0: I think, you know, it's always good to get a little bit of a break from things like that. Like I'm a big fan of what I need. Um, So we could take Matthew Stafford here for our second quarterback, lock that in with the Cooper Cup Cam Akers stack. Do you want to do that or do you want any of these other options kind of standing out to you? All
1: right, Jalen Warren's 140. I don't mind Jalen Warren here. Click on wide receivers. Hmm. Oh, shit. (laughs) So we have Kincaid... (laughs) Dawson Knox again pick big picture takeaways, everyone.
0: This is uh, yep,
1: Tom. How often do you stream? I know you stream a lot. I you stream should, every week, you should know streaming by streaming
0: two times a week, and you should know
1: by now to star and drag guys to the top. That's like the rules d- of streaming.
0: And what's really frustrating is how crappy DraftKings' queue system is, it always I seems agree. to go wrong. And, that's this is definitely the worst one, but I'm excited to see how we turn it around. Uh, Listen, Matthew Stafford does put bros. One after.
1: You know what's unique? Overdrafting Dawson Knox and Dalton Cade. That's what makes a unique baseball team.
0: But when they both score two touchdowns in Week 17, this yeah. team might not. Juwan have got Johnson, there, but...
1: unfortunately, isn't there any? Or uh, Jalen Warren, unfortunately, isn't there anymore either. All right, star yeah. KJ Osborne, get on that. Um, Darnell Mooney, I guess, and Tyler Algier. I'm fine with all those guys.
0: And I'm going to bring Yeah,
1: drag these players. down.
0: <laughs> okay. So all three of those did make it to us. Uh, KJ Osborne, Donald Mooney or LGA. I mean, we do have three running backs that kind of feels okay. Or they are, you know, not the strongest, but
1: I'm fine with KJ Osborne. We have, Let's cr- we KJ have Christian Osborne. Watson, give a little bit of a stack. We're going to have to get Devante Parker in here because we have this Buffalo super stack and we need Patriots players to add to yes. it for week 17.
0: And it'd be not, maybe maybe a Patriots tight end would give us a player who doesn't have a bye week in week thirteen. We could always what's, see if Hunter Henry, really late, is there for like our last pick or so. What's Hunter Henry's bye week? It's week eleven, not week thirteen. Okay. So, <laughs> it's you know, when you
1: when you bet on da- Darren Waller as as an elite tight end one. Um, that's when I really don't draft four tight ends. But in this case, if we want to avoid the bye weeks, that's fine
0: yep it's uh definitely been an interesting one but i think you know it happens sometimes when you fast draft in the door goes or something and you have to get up and you have to go and then you come back and you're on the clock and just before you hit the button that's that auto draft and it's always interesting to try and dig yourself out of a hole on this one so yeah it's uh it's it's not not the finest draft that I've seen this year, but this it's been a bit of a strange room. You know, we've seen this team on the turn when 3-5, 3-2 with Trevor Lawrence unstacked, but with Tra- Setien and then Aaron Rodgers and Brock Purdy at the 11th round. There's, yeah, the team next to us started with five running backs out the gate and then went very heavy to try and get themselves out of a hole, Russell Wilson unstacked. But yeah. It's, uh, I mean, this is DraftKings drafts, isn't it, John? There's always some, at least one draft of it seems to have some uh, kind of fun ideas.
1: Well, we are that team that has (laughs) quote unquote fun ideas. That's okay. We've still got our, we've got our points in that way everyone can take away that I'm still very, very high on Dawson Knox, not this high, but I'm very high on (laughs) Dawson Knox and allowing your league mates to think. Dalton Kincaid takes away from him because he doesn't.
0: Yeah. Uh, in terms of Buffalo tight ends, is that how you've been dealing with it? You've gone Dawson Knox over Dal- Dalton Kincaid. We are seeing Dalton Kincaid's ADP start to drop it over the last few weeks a bit.
1: Not over, but in terms of ADP, oh, yeah. Dawson Knox will probably close as one of my highest roster tight ends. Same for Hunter Henry. Very, bi- very, very big on Hunter Henry. Um, in redraft leagues, even if you're just starting one tight end, I'm very big on Hunter Henry. It sounded like out of OTAs, yeah, start starring as I talk. Start starring running backs and wide receivers. Um, it sounded like at OTAs that Bill O'Brien's personnel favored was 12 personnel. So for those that don't know, one running back, two tight ends. That's how you count to personnel. And then, of course, that means there's it's only available for two wide receivers to be on the field, 12 personnel. So that means that Hunter Henry and Mike Jasicki would be on the field together. But we know we're only one year removed from Hunter Henry being the tight end 13 in points per game and scoring a career-high nine touchdowns. And he scored those nine touchdowns on only 40 catches from week four on in 2021. So again, we knew that was unsustainable. Thus, you shouldn't draft Hunter Henry last year. But now we're getting discounted because even last year with that regression, he still tied for the team lead in red zone targets with Jacoby Myers, who is no longer on the team. So we go back to Hunter Henry in the last round every draft. Literally just keep on drafting Hunter Henry.
0: So we're on the clock. I've starred Van Jefferson, Kendry Miller, Jonathan Mingo, Roshan Johnson. Roshan Johnson would give us a bit of week 15 and week 17 correlation to be our fourth running back. Uh, How about – is he in play for you, John, or anyone
1: else? Nine seconds. Yep. We have Jamal Williams. Let's go Roshan Johnson. No, we don't have Jamal Williams. That's fine. We're going Roshan Johnson.
0: Yeah, we should have had Jamal Williams. That's okay. We we should have had Jalen Warren
1: too. It's fine. Okay, so let me look at this (laughs) roster. I need to see – I need to – So we have Cooper Cup,
0: Tony Pollard, Josh Allen, Christian Watson, Drake London, Cam Akers, Darren Waller, Elijah Moore, James Cook, Dawson Knox in the 10th round, Sky Moore, Dalton Kincaid in the 12th round, KJ Osborne, and Roshan Johnson.
1: Okay, so we need a second quarterback for sure.
0: So, quarterback-wise, I mean, Desmond Ritter be available probably at our next picks, which would give us the Drake London stack and correlate with Roshan Johnson as well. Um, Or we can probably – we could try and – we could take the kind of backdoor stack with Texans. There's plenty of those wide receivers go later. Or look for Sam Howell, kind of uh, Curtis Samuel, or do the Buffalo, uh, the New England Buffalo one, which normally, obviously, you don't always want – two quarterbacks from the same game in week 17. But we're kind of relying on Josh Allen's score there any, anyway.
1: I think I'd rather wait for Desmond Ritter.
0: Yep. Okay. Ryan, so, Ryan
1: Tannehill uh, should also be in this range now.
0: Yeah. Back on the clock, Jonathan Mingo, Van Jefferson, Kenny Gainwell, Jerome Ford, Taji Spears. I would go, let's go Mingo good i'm fine with that i mean bryce young has already gone but i don't think that's too much of a worry yet we can come back for i feel and, like
1: and it's always a concern to prioritize any players uh from rookie quarterbacks every year but if we're banking on this second half emer- second half explosion for any rookie i don't mind betting on the athlete john Mingo.
0: yeah how are you feeling about desmond ridder he's a player i kind of struggle with a little bit but i'm you know, high on Bijan Robinson, I'm high on Kyle Pitts, and I'm high on Drake London. So it feels like I have to draft some Desmond Ritter at some point unless I really believe in Taylor Heineke, which I don't.
1: It's not really about believing in Taylor Heineke, though, just because this schedule, the division, is so bad and so soft that it's it's almost impossible for Desmond Ritter to get benched unless they're winning like, uh, like Tyra Taylor with the Bills, if you recall that situation and they put in nathan peterman like that's the only way he gets benched is that they're winning and they still bench desmond ritter uh and so i I just kind of think he starts like i don't believe him as a prospect or player at all but i kind of think he just keeps on starting by default because this this is a 10 or 11 win team they already played against the highest rate of eight man boxes last year and still averaged the fourth most yards per carry of any offense like Arthur Smith is such an intuitive and good play caller that it doesn't matter what they face on defense, especially this year when they're projected against the league's second, second easiest schedule, according to Warren sharp. So yeah, it just reminds me of 11 win team that gets run over in the divisional round after they beat some spare team in the wild card.
0: Yeah, uh, it definitely makes sense because you look around and the saints look like a team who could play slow and play boring and, You know, if Michael Thomas isn't back to being what he was, then that could be quite a disaster if Alvin Kamara is suspended a while.
1: The one thing that scares me about the Saints and for fantasy, because either way, Crystal Lavi is going to get there. I'm not worried about Crystal Lavi at all. Derek Carr isn't a good fantasy quarterback, uh, but Spike Weeks maybe. But the Saints only have one outdoor game from week five on. That's An amazing schedule. And it happens to be week 17 against the Bucks, which is in Florida outdoors. So, honestly, like, given that Carr has been so bad in the cold, just bad in general, (laughs) the fact he only gets to play in domes, like, after the first month of the season, what an incredible setup for that offense. So, that's the one concern for me.
0: Yeah, well, we are two picks away here. Uh, in terms of players left on the board, CJ Stroud's dropped. I saw him drop earlier today into the 210, 200, sort of two hundred ten range. he does just go ahead of us, Jerome Ford, Mike Gesicki, Sam Howell, Tuba Hubbard, Mac Jones, Jalen Hyatt, Tyquan. Ford. I say we
1: reach. I say we reach on Ritter here.
0: Yeah, and just get the quarterback position sorted. Yeah, because
1: we can still get we could still get a Cordarrelle still there. Uh, um, Jerome Ford is interesting for our running back room as well.
0: Yeah, I, I'm fully on board with that. I mean, we could always take Taekwondo as well to build out that week 17 stack. We need Devontae Parker, care.
1: star Devontae Parker. Uh, we're gonna, we're actually, we will 100% take Devontae Parker if he's still there when it comes back to us. Yeah, we, ha- uh, we have to have him for this build.
0: Yeah, I think that is all good. I think, you know. Things went slightly awry in the middle rounds, but with a two four seven three build, you know, we've got Roshan Johnson, James Cook, Cam Akers, and Tony Pollard. It feels like we've got quite a decent running back room. We can definitely figure out the last position for there over the next couple of rounds. We can figure out our fourth tight end, which is far from ideal. But in terms of everything else, have you found anyone else in these late rounds apart from Hunter Henry that you're clicking a lot of?
1: Late run tight ends, uh, Otten? Just
0: late, late in general, yeah. Kate Otten's going incredibly uh, late for a player. Kate Otten
1: made six starts without Cam Brate last year, and he ran around on eighty four percent of dropbacks in those games. So I still take him quite a bit. Um, I, I know I know Trey McBride has gotten more popular, but I, I still wonder if Zach Ertz may get cut on the final day of of training camp. Um. I don't know if he's a player they carry over into this new regime. So I don't mind Trey McBride, although like he's even bad at earning targets. And then Isaiah Likely, just because we, we don't know what this offense is going to be. Like maybe they do actually go more 12-personnel, um, and also, we know if Mark Andrews ever gets injured, Isaiah likely is, is a top three tight end. Like he's that good as he's always shown. Even last year, one start without Andrews in the and the final meaningless game, and he went over 100 yards with to the touchdown. So, those are three guys I keep targeting.
0: Okay, so Devontae Parker did go. Uh, Mike Sicki is there. Mac Jones, Cordarrelle Patterson, Tyquan Thornton, uh, Khalil Shakir is there. Do we want to? Keep I guess going? in this
1: case, we go Tyquan Thornton because that's the ADP dip here.
0: Yep, and uh, of course he did win Pat Corain $2 million, so you know, just seems like the lucky charm. Um, So, yep, so we have 17 rounds, Cooper Cup, Tony Pollard, Josh Allen, Christian Watson, Drake London, Cam Akers, Darren Waller, Elijah Moore, James Cook, Dawson Knox, Sky Moore, Dalton Kincaid, KJ Osborne, Roshan Johnson, Jonathan Mingo, Desmond Ritter, and Taekwon Thornton. In terms of playoff stuff, we do have uh, we've got the Bills, Josh Allen, James Cook, Tyquan Thornton, Dawson Knox, Dalton Kincaid. Like, so we've got that. We do have the Patriots bring back on there. We've got the Rams, Giants with Akers, Cooper Cup, and Darren Waller. Falcon Chicago, Desmond riddle Roshan Johnson, Drake London, and then the Packers, Vikings, Christian Watson, KJ Osborne. So. There's a lot about this team which could work nicely. It just needs to make up for a couple of the little errors. Um, we've got Rich in the chat who asks, do you think Thornton is more than just a deep threat, John?
1: No. Uh, I, st- I still worry Thornton is just a rotational player. So the his ADP always seemed off to me. Um, but in this case, the fact that Devontae Parker gets drafted over him, like I think that's correct, but that's not usually how ADP has been going. So... I'll glad We will gladly just take our chances with Tycon Thornton since we need to start stacking Patriots players since we have already bet on Bill's offense. Do you think the
0: Patriots are going to look to bring somebody else in? Obviously, they wanted DeAndre Hopkins, but weren't prepared to pay what the Titans did. Do you think that's somewhere they're going to be active because we should be aware it's a glaring need?
1: Uh, the Patriots as in wide receiver?
0: Yeah, yeah, sorry, wide receiver, yeah.
1: No. I don't think so. Uh, uh, I I don't know what happened and why they brought Hopkins in. Maybe because Belichick respects him so much. I find it so hard to believe, though, that he wanted to work with Bill O'Brien. Like Bill O'Brien literally called him Aaron Hernandez. Like, why would that guy ever want to work with O'Brien ever again? And so I don't I don't think they're looking at any other receivers. But to work with a pass catching running back, since They didn't want Ramondre Stevenson to be the pass catching back early on last year. It just happened to fall that way since Ty Montgomery got injured. Um, Yeah, it's no shock to me that they're trying to look for that third down role.
0: Yeah, okay. So we are a couple of picks away. We've got two picks left and we need a tight end and we need a running back. Um we'll get to the tight ends in a minute, but in terms of running backs, as Kareem Hunt goes off the board, there's Juice vaughn Michael Carter, Latavius Murray, Matt Brader, Eric Gray, Joshua Kelly, who doesn't get drafted a lot. We are back on and at the top of ADP is Hunter Henry. Should we grab him now or push him to the next round? Let's grab him. Oh, sorry. And then- no, no, my bad, my bad. Mike Gasicki's there top of ADP, who's fallen 30 spots. Should we go with Gesicki
1: Sure, let's go Gesicki I prefer Hunter Henry, but let's go Gisicki. Uh Now go to running backs. Let's start starring some guys that may matter.
0: So Joshua Kelly doesn't get drafted in every draft.
1: Fun. Josh Kelly's fine.
0: Is he a Banacanda who could have a good start to the season? Um, Kenny Nwangru, Josh Norris's favorite sort of uh, punt returner. We've got Ronald Jones. Oh, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go Dwayne McBride. Yep. Uh, do you have a strong stance on Dwayne McBride versus? Uh, yeah, Ty we Chandler? just don't.
1: We just don't know because uh, he led the nation in carries of ten plus yards last year, and he's just still been dealing with the hamstring injury he suffered before the draft process, before the combine. And so, like, we genuinely just don't know how they're going to use him. Ty Chandler was the RB two, but maybe Dwayne McBride is the RB two. We literally don't know since we haven't seen him yet. So. Come training camp, his ADP could rise significantly. I also think it's going to be a committee, given that the backfield is in a – given that the team is in a rebuild. uh, And it was the last coaching staff, and I'm I'm one of the ones who has tweeted Alexander Madison's box scores without Dalvin Cook for his career. So I'm part of the problem. I understand that. (laughs) But it was the last coaching staff that used Madison as such, whereas now we're talking about a new coaching staff in a rebuild and Dalvin cook already like was third in routes run among all running backs last year. And yet he only averaged three and a half targets per game. I believe it was like, it was just like meaningless usage from the running back position. So I genuinely think it's going to be a committee. And I think Alexander Madison has suddenly become like the most overrated person in fantasy
0: yeah very much so i mean it's just so hard to project a player when you're talking about i think it's like six games in the last three years where he's had over 50 percent right. of the snaps it's like
1: and and none without cook last year under a new coach so we don't we just don't know
0: yeah very much so we're one pick away the running backs we kind of put over there banakanda josh kelly dwayne mcbride chase edmonds and then i've put travion williams in there for the bengals as well Anyone you've got a strong feel for there? Do you want to go Dwayne McBride and build out that Packers Minnesota Week 17 game?
1: Yes, yes. I love Dwayne McBride.
0: So that gives us the unusual 2584 build. I think that's definitely the first one of those I've drafted this year. Cooper Cup, Tony Pollard, Josh Allen, Christian Watson, Drake London, Cam Akers, Darren Waller, Elijah Moore. James Cook, Dawson Knox, Sky Moore, Dalton Kincaid, KJ Osborne, Roshan Johnson, Jonathan Mingo, Desmond Ritter, Taquan Fonten, Mike Siki, and Dwayne McBride. And we will have one more pick. I feel like we could probably go with another running back here as I accidentally zoom in.
1: I wish uh, I would almost feel more comfortable. Well,
0: well let's take I think a look another wide
1: receiver. Maybe looks better. But yeah, look through it real quick.
0: Wide receiver Greg Dortch, Terrace Marshall. Oh, Tank. never mind. Mark, he's good Elijah wing.
1: Higgins is—he's a tight end. He converted to tight. He's not even a wide receiver. That tells you where we're at.
0: Very much so. It gets pretty dusty pretty quickly. Ty Montgomery, who is a wide receiver, over Ooh. on DraftKings. I I mean, are you a? Do you believe Keishawn Booty is going to make the roster no, for the Patriots? No, no.
1: Ke- Keishawn Booty is a bad prospect too. That was—that's always been wrong.
0: Rich, if you're still watching and in the chat, I know that one's gonna hurt you Sorry, deeply, Rich. but <laughs> uh Puka Nakua, he's another interesting name. Like some people yep. seem to think that you know, he could be in line for the Debo role, but obviously it's a long shot for that. Is he somebody you've I taken like, any shots of? Yeah,
1: off? I like Puka. The the wide receiver two targets are wide open. And um, if anyone's going to try to create their own Debo Samuel, it's definitely Sean McFay. Like since Sean McFay was hired in 2019, that's when Debo Samuel was drafted, and since that time, Debo Samuel has averaged 11 yards per touch against the Rams. Like he's just (laughs) he's just sick of it, and he's like, okay, I'm gonna get me one of these. And so like it would be Puka because Puka had the last two years in college. 350 rushing yards and five touchdowns like that's how he was used in college that's how he was used in otas he was a running back and a wide receiver so it makes sense so sure why not
0: what about tutu atwell do you think i mean there were moments where he flashed last year it was just desperation and the only reason that he was out there was that yeah it's not yeah
1: it was due to players being injured nothing more
0: Okay, and then one other name who's kind of interesting down here, Deontay Hardy, who the Bills did play reasonable money to and then cut Isaiah McKenzie not long after. Uh, any kind of feeling on him or Kendrick Bourne for the Patriots?
1: I would rather tie Montgomery over Kendrick Bourne. I don't mind Deontay Hardy since he's solely a big play guy. And then uh, I think Michael Wilson is going to start in two wide sets, which is very important for the Cardinals. I don't, Like Michael Wilson practically did nothing in college. Um, he was a senior bowl standout, which is where lazy scouts get all of their information. They just go to the senior bowl, and then they scout and they draft the guy. They don't care about anything else. But they seem to really be high on Michael Wilson, at least from OTA. So. We're, we're
0: back on the clock. Um, Ty Montgomery, Deontay Hardy, or Michael Wilson?
1: Ty Montgomery. Despite what I just said about Mike Wilson, I like Ty Montgomery.
0: Yeah, so (laughs) I think that's a very good point about Michael Wilson. Though, like he is going very late in drafts, and it's uh, it's definitely an interesting flyer to have if you believe that the Cardinals could be doing anything worthwhile in the back end. We do have a really tough schedule to finish year, so it feels like there's potential for some shootouts. Uh, So that is our entire roster: two five nine four build. Cooper Cup, Tony Pollard, Josh Allen, Christian Watson, Drake London, Cam Akers, Darren Waller, Elijah Moore, James Cook, Dawson Knox, Sky Moore, Dalton Kincaid, KJ Osborne, Roshan Johnson, Jonathan Mingo, Desmond Ritter, Tyquan Thornton, Mike Gesicki, Dwayne McBride, and Ty Montgomery. The Week 17 stack that we have built out... Now features seven players, including three tight ends, in the New England at Buffalo game. Well,
1: we, we also, yeah, I must say, look at the rest. We have Darren Waller, Cooper Cup, and Cam Akers. We yep. have uh yeah, we have the Vikings. I think we actually did really well for in terms of Week Seventeen.
0: In terms of this roster, did we scrape ourselves out of jail, John? Do you feel like it recovered okay, or do you think the damage that we did with the auto drafts is too yeah. much to recover the, from?
1: The Dalton auto draft is fine. The Dawson Knox was "quote unquote" unique. That was that was quite high <laughs> for Dawson Knox. But if this team lucks into the finals, remember, like the DraftKings finals is so much larger than underdog. Um, like you really 1, got 1,400
0: people. Yeah, right. it's it's like you look at the team that won last year. I don't know if you saw it, John, but it was. It was a team that had one stack of Russell Wilson and Jerry Judy. It had a few Eagles players who were unstacked without Jalen Hurts. They had four quarterbacks. I think they had seven running backs and sort of seven wide receivers. It was quite an ugly team on paper, but it had some Week 17 correlation. It was a pure hero RB build with Christian McCaffrey and then no running backs until Kenneth Gainwell. So, you know, you look on Underdog and you saw King Capitals zero wide receiver team that won a million dollars. You looked at Pat Green's double RB build, and it's like they were nice-looking teams, but over on DraftKings, the team that won it was definitely a little bit more on the ugly side, and it feels like there might be just a little more room for different builds and stuff. Uh, I think that's kind of the get-out-of-jail-free card. And our running back room of Pollard, Akers, Cook, Johnson, and McBride, It feels like we can get by on that. Okay, I think, you know, Pollard and either Cook and Acres is going to need to do business most weeks, but we've got a nice enough wide receiver room. It could be worse.
1: Uh, Full PPR site. James Cook still in the pass-catching role. I think that's totally fine. Uh, Who is our fourth and fifth? McBride and who else?
0: mcbride and roshan johnson all
1: right so we're gonna need we're definitely gonna need a little bit of a help a little bit of a breakout but at least roshan will be active every week uh he was special teams captain in texas he is he is not only the best pass blocking running back on that team but also like he was one of the best pass blocking running backs in the nation so like he will be active every single week which gives us a chance
0: Very much so. And, yeah, I think in terms of the wide receivers, you know, we've talked about the tight ends a lot, but Cooper Cup, Christian Watson, Drake London, Elijah Moore, Sky Moore. I think if Sky Moore can make that role his own of the slot, and then we're talking about Elijah Moore and Sky Moore, who can be PPR kind of scam players, and then you've got Drake London and Christian Watson who've got high upside along with Cooper Cup. It does feel like there's some ceiling there. Obviously, we're counting on Josh Allen to really bring in some big performances as well. It feels like things could have been worse, is definitely how I would put it. I think the team next to us, who started with five consecutive running backs, they ended up with taking no more running backs after that, which is, I think, if you are going to play with running back fire like that, then that's definitely the way to do it. They had a 3 5 3 build. Russell Wilson, Bryce Young, Jimmy G., doesn't feel too bad. Anything else kind of stand out to you in this draft, John?
1: Honestly, not really. I, I've been a big proponent of uh, two, five to seven, seven to nine, and two to three builds. Uh, even at quarterback with bonuses, if you're going elite quarterback or even the the second tier, I would still, with 20 rounds, only go two quarterbacks. That's the way I've been handling it. I've
0: mixed in slightly more three-quarterback builds this year than I did last year. Last year, I had a lot of Trey Lance and a lot of Lamar Jackson, which kind of stung me a little bit. And Mm -hmm. Out of the DraftKings finalists last year, 39% of the 989 teams that made it were two-quarterback builds. And I think it was like 53% of three-quarterback builds, and the rest made up of one QB or four QB, a couple of five QB ones. So I think 2QB is entirely viable on this platform. It's just landing on that kind of combination that hits right. Josh Allen, whenever you're drafting him, you need him to pay off so much that a player like Desmond Ritter feels fine. I think you know he has a level of rushing upside, which could be okay. So I'm okay with it. Um, We'll get out of here. But before we do, John, do you want to tell people what you've got coming down the line at 4 for 4?
1: Oh yeah, I've been behind the scenes in terms of writing because we're gearing up everything for release here in about a week, week and a half. Uh, team previews about to start rolling out for everyone when training camp starts at 44.com Not to mention my, my flag plants, my top 40 fades. We're going through all of them. All the pieces will be out for everyone. It's also the early bird discount right now through July 25th. So you have another week to get $25 off any sub. So join us there. You can join us in the Discord where I'm very accessible. Uh, I, I tend to answer more messages, any messages actually in the Discord, all of them, as opposed to DMs where just Elon's trash bots <laughs> ruin my DMs. So Discord, I, I can definitely help you out with start sits. I even called subscribers sometimes because they had questions. And I'm like, screw the messaging. I'm going to call you right now from the bar and we're going to sort your draft out on the spot. <laughs> So uh, that's all. That's always happening right now, 44.com And then, of course, for free, YouTube. Yes, the John Daigle Show. If you want something different, 10 a.m. Eastern every Tuesday and Thursday. Otherwise, the most accurate podcast wherever you listen to your podcast.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely just uh, say once again, like the four tools and the stats and the way that everything is set out over there it's something i reference constantly the red zone starts the underdog advance rate explorer it's all great stuff if you have been here tonight and you've enjoyed it do leave us a comment below let us know if you feel like we got out of jail with the build that we managed to put together we'll be back next week we've got a guest coming on next wednesday we've got justin herzig the week after loads of dynasty content redraft content is going to start rolling out from monday hit the subscribe button we will be back very soon